Episode 31 with my friend Matt McLeod. In today's episode, Matt and I have another authentic conversation over the importance of genuine conversations, stealing responsibly from your mentors, keeping things light, and having fun with what you're doing. Alongside that, we discuss our retrospectives of 2019 and how our take on what to expect more of in 2020. This year, I do ask for your help. As an ad-free podcast, I rely heavily on your word of mouth and reviews to keep this thing moving along. If you could, please head over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review, and tell a friend about the podcast. I appreciate every single one of you listening right now through your speakers, and I do not take this time for granted. Thank you for being a part of this alongside me, and thank you for your continued listenership and support. Here's to 2020. Enjoy the conversation. Razor here. I'm just going to plug it into my laptop, and then we're we're good to go. So, <laughs> all right, that mm. But with that being said, it would only be fitting that we only have a few audio issues because I don't know if you know this, but today is a very special day. Uh, by the look on your face, I'm clearly already a better friend than you are. But it is David's <laughs> young David's birthday today. No shit. I'm a terrible yeah. friend, apparently. <laughs> no, it's all good. Well, it's happy good. birthday, young David. Yes. Uh, when you're editing this, I hope you forgive <laughs> me. I'm, I'm going to text you as soon as I can. Yeah, no. I. It, what's funny is I wouldn't know. Uh, so young David, for, for everyone who doesn't know, is our audio guy who, who works with both of us. Um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't have known if my birthday wasn't just whatever, a couple days ago. And then he, he was, um, I could tell... I think he was also a Capricorn or whatever, you know, the horoscope. Okay. And, uh, and well, I was happy like, birthday oh. to you. Fuck, dude. I'm sorry. I'm like the, I'm the worst with birthdays. Like it, my, my wife has to remind me of, to tell my mom happy birthday. Like I'm just not good with birthdays. So mine was December 28th. But here's the thing. Another one of my really close friends, he didn't, he doesn't have any social media or anything like at all. So like he didn't see anything, but also he knew it was my birthday and he didn't tell me until a day later. And I said, dude, it doesn't matter. I'm the same way about birthdays. I could honestly, it means very little to me. Like I appreciate if you reach out, but if you don't, it truly means nothing to me. Yes, absolutely. I had, yeah, I I was like, dude, I do not judge our friendship on you telling me happy birthday or not. I promise you. Well, that's good because happy birthday. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. So you're 26? Uh, Yes. So I'm Welcome to 26. It's an interesting ride. I know, right? I know. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So today, today is, today is young David's birthday. And I, I wanted to make sure that I, I told him, I said, in your honor, we are having a, <laughs> we are having a podcast today. Um, absolutely. It, we have to. And I want to point out as well, mm-hmm. that what an impact he's been. I know in your, in your life, but I, in mine, in terms mm-hmm. of what he's been able to allow me to do with the podcast and expressing myself through this medium which mm-hmm. I feel has just been such an impact uh, over this last year and 2019, which I'm sure we'll get into. This is um, this is what I wanted to talk about. This yeah. is why I brought up David first, because okay. I did want to bring that up. Because, yeah, David was the one who uh, first reached out to me via email and literally just pitched his services because I was putting my stuff out on SoundCloud. Um, and then he literally took a sample size, um, uh, like two minutes from one of those podcasts. And he was like, hey, 
he just basically put his dick on the table and was like, hey, this is what I can do, right? And then he he he, he edited it, made it all pretty and everything. Um, and what was really important to me, at least, whenever he pitched me, was his attention to detail and like his grammar was really good. His structure of sentences was really good. He had really, really thought it out. Yeah. Um, and it has not wavered for a second whenever it's because I knew that that would carry over that attention to detail. That's the type of person you want editing your your audio files and, and these types of podcasts, you know? Yeah, man. And making sure that like he's corrected my grammar, which I've gotten a lot better at since my wife has helped me with my grammar and, and just my writing ability in general over the years. But he's even corrected my grammar in my show notes and I'll go back and I'll look at my notes and I'll look at the notes that were posted up and I'm like, I'll be damned if you didn't correct my <laughs> grammar on this. And he just doesn't say anything. It's just, he's just, just an assassin. No, yeah. no he, he does the same thing. I don't know. I, I, in the beginning, I would go back and listen to my podcast some just as, uh, I listen to um, most of mine, honestly. I, okay. I like to kind okay. of critique them. So re-listen. So that's, that's what I did. I haven't done it as much lately, but I do like to go back and critique. And I did that once and I remember specifically like something that I said that was stupid or or whatever and then he he literally that part wasn't in there he took it out so there there's little audio parts that I don't know if you go back and listen like yeah when, if you go back and listen and then you listen over it again it's like I was like oh he he's he, he made me sound less stupid there and I didn't even know realize that he could do that because yeah, I felt subconscious the audio about a bit, it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was uh, insecure about that part, and then it, he made it flow so perfectly, and I was like, "Oh, see, this is this is why we pay. This is why we pay him the big bucks." That's right, um, man. That's that's why I, I go through. I had to go through my yearly expenses and add mm-hmm. it all up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's worth every penny for sure. No, yeah, no. He's he is he is great, and I wanted to, uh, yeah. So shout out, young David. Um, but what I what I also have been listening to recently was I just got done listening to the uh, Joe Rogan ten year in review, mm. which was really cool because I'm just I'm a huge JRE fan. I am too. Um, yeah. And so right, so I've listened to the a lot of them. Not there's like a like fourteen hundred or something. So yeah. I haven't listened to all of them, but I've listened to a large majority. And the whole ten year in review uh, was just a bunch of. There were there was good stuff in there, just like standalone good stuff, but there was also tons of insider jokes and things that that p- only people who are part of the podcast really like. Um, but what I really liked was at the very end, he put a clip. It was it was after his hundredth episode, um, so he's he's done. So like I said, this was a ten year review. He's done fifteen hundred or fourteen hundred, however many episodes, um, and he was he was on episode one hundred, and he was just talking about how. Uh, uh, he had been getting, I guess, too serious about the podcast and it was starting to um, dampen his life, you know, and, as opposed to enhancing it. And and he he was just talking about, he was like, I think we had a little bit of a speed bump there because I was thinking too hard about this podcast. He was like, I just want this podcast to be fun for me, to be fun for the people listening, to be a distraction while they're working, while they're doing whatever. Um, and he was like, I, I got away from what made me want to do, because he started out doing the podcast just for fun in general with his his buddies. They had they set up like a webcam, I mm-hmm. think, and they were just doing a and a with, with tons, of, tons of listeners. Um, and he was just talking about how I guess he had gotten away from that and, and then it started to be more stressful uh, than it needed to be. And I just, it was just really cool to hear someone who's 
just ridiculous, like gets millions of views on even just the video on YouTube for every podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's just cool to hear those kind of humble beginnings, right? Oh, it's incredibly cool. It's it's one of the coolest things, I think, when you can when you can do that. So yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I, it, it just, it really, it made me kind of have, because as we're coming into the new year, 2020, it made me have like 2030 vision. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With the, with the podcast, because I, I can, I'm sure you're the same way. We want to, um, whatever, we want to put out the best product possible. We want to make, try and make everything as perfect as we, as we po- possibly can. Um, but what I have been returning to a lot, especially here recently, and I think it's taken some of the pressure off of myself uh, as well. And I want to see if you're, you've been some, because I feel like we're on the same page on a lot of things. Um, but with like the business stuff, whenever I start to focus too much on whatever systems and like profits, and don't get me wrong, I under, I'm not saying money is not important. I understand you got to pay bills, you got to eat and all that shit. Um However, whenever I take the focus away from am I having fun each day, that's whenever I start to really stress myself out for for basically no reason. I put too much pressure on myself and I just want to keep things light. Yeah, you know I, I can saying? relate. Yeah, I think I I was kind of thinking about this because I, I did listen to your retrospective, which I thought was really good. And yeah, because I think we are on the same page on, on, on a lot of things. So I like to kind of hear your take. I also listen to Cody's um, mm-hmm. and just hearing other people that I, you know, I'm friends with or look up to or respect. It's, it's good to just hear them talk about what they went through uh, because we all went through our own journeys. We, all could, we could all go through the same journeys, but they're going to be, you know, they're going to be different to each, each and every one of us in our perspectives on that situation and how we have, what we took from them and, and so on. And so, I think for so long, I, I think since I started competing, um, in 2013, I, I took that very lightly, like 2013, um, in bi- or in physique or body uh, physique, physique. Yeah. yeah physique. Yeah. It, yeah. So I started competing in 2013 in the MPC and by 2014, um, it was about nine months later, I, I turned pro and, um, uh, in the IFBB in 2014. And during that, it, that was really cool for me, but it was something that was adjunct to the rest of my life. It was something that just, I had fun with. It was an escape for me and I didn't think anything of it really, um, because I was a full-time student. I was, I had a, I had a job, like I was busy and I had all this other shit going on. And so I didn't think really twice about it. It was just something I, I did and something kind of an escape that I didn't think about. It would just it sounded fun. It sounded, it sounded fun. fun. So I was like, fuck it. Well, I got talked into it to begin with. And then I was like, well, I'm kind of good. So this is kind of fun. I got talked into my first show too. That's interesting. Yeah. So that happened. And then 2015 came around, which was my first pro show. And it was just different because now I was a pro. And I thought that was different. And I took a completely different approach to it. I made it very serious, um, which I don't think was a bad thing, but I think it took a lot of what that needed to be in my life away from that. And so to relate back to what you were saying, yes, I, I think there are a multitude of things. And I, 
I don't want to business as well. I'll get to that. But even from myself, what originally brought me an escape and joy and something I thought was just really fun that I was good at started to become this thing that stressed me out, gave me some anxiety. I felt like I was trying to live up to other people's expectations already by this point. Mm. Then I started a business, which, you know, that doesn't get easier as you have a business because I was already comparing, I was already in a sport where comparing myself that's to others, that's, that's the, the goal, point. right? Like <laughs> yeah, that's the whole a- point of the sport is to compare yeah. yourself to others. And so yeah. I'd say that was not a positive carryover into business because then you're always looking at the people next to you and the people that I wouldn't even say you're competing against as much as just in business alongside. Um, so I, I think once that my c- competing career got serious, my enjoyment level of it went drastically down. So 2015, uh, I competed in the, my pro show, my pro debut. And then 2016, I did my second pro show. Um, and that was kind of the last leg of, you know what, let me give this one more go and see if I have fun. And I enjoyed the lead into the show, I think. Uh, there were definitely times where I was like, I don't know why I'm really doing this, but we're this far. So, you know, fuck it. Let's do it. Right. Got to finish. Got to finish. I, you know, I committed to this. I want to do it. Um, so, but once that show came around, I had, it, it truly meant nothing to me. Like I stepping on stage was just like, I don't even, it was more of a burden to me. I, the tan and preparing yourself and peaking and all of this stuff that, you know, is just strenuous. Honestly, it's exhausting and not sleeping well for, you know, weeks leading into the show, especially. And then the night of, and then there's this whole stress of the show, your family's there, your, you know, your loved ones are there, your friends are there. And all I honestly was thinking about is I'm just ready to go eat. And it's not even <laughs> that I want to go eat. It's not even, I was in a place cause I had gotten so good at prepping and thankfully due to, you know, some genetic gifts, I, I don't have a tough time with competing. It's not a hard thing. For, it's challenging, but not a really hard thing for me. Um, and so once that happened, I that was kind of a, a clear realization to me that, wow, me making this serious really kind of ruined this for me. Yeah. And so and, you were excited. Wait, you were excited about going to eat. I wanted you to finish your, your, your thought there. Oh, you, uh, so you were excited, you were excited to go eat is like, but you said it wasn't, I'm assuming what you were going to say is it wasn't out of like gluttony. It wasn't no, because it's like, just, Oh, I've been deprived for so long. I want to go eat. It was maybe because you wanted to go hang out with your family and friends. It was what was most important to me. Right. I was figuring out that it wasn't the competing that was, was most important any longer. It's everything that came with it. It was the, it was the discipline and the challenge leading up to the event. It was all of those small moments that I had, whether that was, you know, training by myself or training with Alex or training with whoever I was training with. Um, in those moments where I needed to overcome something, whether that was, I'm super tired and I don't want to go. I'm super hungry. All I want to do is eat everything in my cabinet. Um, I have final exams coming up and I'm, this is a low carb week for me and it, it doesn't correlate or doesn't make sense. And all I want to do is just quit doing this. 
but I, but I overcame all those things and those taught me so, that those moments taught me so much. But when it came down to the event itself, it was, I realized it was more about those things leading up to, and I, I made a post today. I just posted it actually before I hopped on. Oh, nice. And it was talking about, we think about these big moments as, cause I, I basically broke down the decade 2010 to 2019 each year, kind of these big milestone moments. And I, I said that we think these defining moments are these big moments are the, the defining ones. And I, I would argue that it's the sand that fills those gaps between those big rocks, those big moments that truly defined those years. They truly define who you become and who you are. And so mm, I like that. Yeah. So these big moments for me, whether it's starting competing or turning pro or graduating, like those are all milestones, but they're not the things that have defined who I am. It's all the things that came in between. And I think you could agree to that. And to go on just to, to the business aspect of things, it was always something like 2014, we started the business. And then 2015, 2016, then 2017 was when I had the most, when I had like my big break in terms of financial success, signing more clients, make, making it more of a legitimate business that could really sustain our life and push things forward from a career perspective. I, I kind of always saw it as a side hustle that I didn't think would work out. And then in 2017, I, we ha- kind of had this breakout year of, holy shit, this is like for real, I can do this. And then from there, it kind of got more and more stressful because I took it more and more serious. It was less about having fun with it. It was all about making money. And then I kind of, it's kind of after that year, I, I transitioned out of it. Mm. So after my best year, I transitioned out of it and start, you know, joined a different company to do education. And then I ended up resigning from that in 2019, the start of 2019 to go back to physique development, the coaching business. And I think this last year was probably the most non-serious I took my work. Like I just did it to do it because it was better than the situation I was in before. And I'm just, I was grateful to not be in that position any longer. Right. And it was my best financial year yet. And which to me was like really cool because it showed that you can have fun as long as you're, you know, you can't have fun and have success at the same time as long as you're setting things up in a good way and you have systems and you are doing things out of enjoyment and that also align with your skill set. Yeah, I think you have to constantly realign with that because somebody could hear that and say like, oh, I just need to do what like feels good. I need to go and just have fun every single day and live like it's my last or, or uh, you know, not have to learn the the deep analytical side or like really try and progress my business, like woo woo, whatever. Um, it's like you have to make sure that you don't fall into that trap because we're not saying that we don't care about how well our businesses do um, or the the work that we we put out. I think um, we're on the same page in saying that you have to make sure, like you said, you have to make sure that your particular skill set, and this usually happens kind of by default with what you also think is fun. Because whenever you become better at a skill that you're uh, possibly naturally good at, or you've been working hard to get better at, it becomes more and more fun uh, as time goes on. And yeah, that's 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 exactly what I've been trying to do. And I think that's what 2020 is going to be. Uh, 
that's why I put in the in that retrospective, like I'm trying to just be more me. Um, I like that, I know, by the way. I really liked it. Did you? Okay, good, yeah. good. I was making sure I didn't sound like an idiot whenever I say that. Um, but yeah, it just I feel like, the, and I got that from uh, Ryan Doris. He was just talking about how his his business and his uh, just him as a person, like in a quote unquote saturated market like the fitness industry or any other whatever. Everybody says their market saturated, basically. Um, there's so a lot it's of like on earth, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but people always say they're trying to differentiate themselves and everything. But the 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 thing that you can do that no one else can do is that you can be more yourself. Um, and I'm just really trying to hone that as much as possible. And like I said in the retrospective, I'm not trying to imitate um, even the people that I really look up to because that's I think in a certain point, uh, especially in the beginning days, you don't really know. It's who you are. It's very hard to be original in the beginning because you don't even know what that means. You don't even know what classifies as original in your like to you. You're not even you haven't even matured to that level. And I'm not saying everybody, but most people like you don't even know what you want or don't want. Um, so your best thing is is to go towards. Uh, like I said, I had I had Mike Vacanti and Jordan Syed. Those are the two people that I found that I knew resonated with me a lot. I was like. Okay, I relate, and and Ryan Doris is another one that I found early on. These guys, I relate to them. I can't really pinpoint why I relate to them necessarily, um, but like I really, I, I fuck with those dudes. So I'm just gonna. I, I looked at what the path that they did, and I was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna try and do that. Uh, and so they they had already created this this path, and so I was like, all right, I'm just gonna try and do what they did and try and make it. I wasn't trying to like copy them necessarily, but it, it's kind of like the books, uh, steal like an artist from Austin Cleon. I don't know. Yeah, if I want to read that. it. I, I, I have listen, those. read all of his books. They're yeah, I have amazing. those on my Amazon wish list, And so I was waiting to get them all my Christmas money so I could buy all my Amazon. And you can read Christmas. them. You can read them in like two weeks. Cause they're super short as well. Yeah. Um, steal like an artist, show your work and then keep going. Keep yeah. going is really good too. Okay. Uh, all of those by Austin Cleon, whether you're a business person like whatever you are you should still read those books because they are just they, they are the a prime example actually of what we're talking about that's why i really like austin cleon because you can tell he's having fun writing those books like that's his thing they just also happen to be very like really fucking good mm -hmm. um and but whenever i read those books it's just there's a light airy like refreshing feeling um watching and and consuming someone's work that you can tell you're like oh they really enjoyed doing this um and that's what i felt like this podcast has been for me and that's why i plan on going hardcore on the podcast in 2020 because these types of conversations i just always know how i feel right now as i'm even saying this and then also after we get off this call later on i just no matter who i'm talking to obviously with me and you we're close so it's even more special but even just with with random people that i have meeting for the first time it just it gets me excited and i just i have that feeling of fulfillment after i get done i don't care if this makes me any money whatsoever and it's just like i just i really enjoy having these conversations so i'm trying to go more towards that yeah i like that a lot and i i think Using people as a catalyst for your own creation is powerful. And so you need examples. Even, I mean, look at anyone who's ever taught you anything has used someone else's 
methods, knowledge, tactics that taught them something. So all your professors, your parents, like everyone, everyone that's teaching you anything is using pieces of or models that other people introduce to them. And one of my favorite things to use in this scenario of kind of what we're talking about on this topic is one of my favorite movies is Finding Forrester. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Mm. It's a Sean Connery movie uh, that was made in 2001, I think. So it's an older movie. Uh, but it's I'm going to watch that like tonight. Fi- watch Finding Forrester. It's, it's, it's a really good movie. I just had to say it's a really good movie. Um, and it's a more serious one. It's, it's not really a funny movie. It's just a serious movie. But it has a lot of lessons in it. And the lesson that is relevant to what we're talking about is Sean Connery is trying to help a gifted young black male from, I I believe the Bronx start to write and get better and hone his craft because Sean Connery in that movie is a writer. And in that he, Jamal is the, the young black male's name and he is, I don't want to ruin it for you, but I want to tell you. No, no, I was, I was just thinking, I was like, he's probably, don't worry, go ahead. Say okay. what, say whatever you're going to say. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. So <laughs> basically um, he's trying to write, he, he's hit a kind of writer's block and basically Sean Connery's handed him something that he wrote, never really published um, and just said, use this, start typing this out, my words, and it'll eventually turn into your own. And that was something that hit me really, really deep in terms of what we use and what we do and what we, what we have as a catalyst to, to start our own businesses or go along on these journeys that we go on is we essentially just use someone else's framework and we start typing out their words first. And along the way, we start to find our own voice and we start to figure out who we are and what we want to be in that. And so I think it's powerful and I think it's not a necessity to, to use these people's frameworks and use what works because that's one of the greatest things about technology of the written word. We no longer had to start from zero and we live in a great time and those after us, if the environment holds up and the world doesn't implode on itself, those after us will continue to have an advantage. Mm. And, but one thing that we've struck gold in is the the vast amount of knowledge and written word we have the internet <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and not only do we have the the written word from a book perspective dating back to a very long time ago to reference and and learn from but we ha- now have the internet which opens up a whole you know pandora's box of all the information you'd really ever want to know yeah so i think that's powerful and i think to not use that would be a disservice to those that came before us who put in all of that effort, whether they knew it or not, to attribute to the next generation. Right, right, right. Yeah, because you have all these, um, even just to go back to like the Stoic philosophers or something, you have like Seneca and Marcus Aurelius and all these, like Marcus Aurelius meditations was just his daily journal, basically. Yeah, it's he, his muse. It's musings. Like it's his, it's just daily thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had no idea that it would be one of the most popular books, even in 2020, people are still, um, you know, reading it every day, buying it every day. Um, and it's just, I feel like that's, 
that's kind of the point of all this. And that's actually, I realize that's something slightly that I touched on in, in the retrospective as well. Um, because we have podcasts, we have blogs, we have Instagrams, YouTube, uh, yeah, all of, all of social media, um, and you can write books now. It's easier than ever to write a book. Uh, mm. Doesn't mean it's going to be a good book, but you can write <laughs> a book. write books. It doesn't you know mean what I'm saying? Could. You can you can write books. What I'm saying is it's it's easier than ever to document your life, and I think it's just really cool um, to to know that my kids, my grandkids, uh, etc., so on and so forth. They're go- if they want to know about Great Uncle Matt or something, uh, whatever, they can go back and and listen to this podcast, or they can go back and and look at my entire. Um, I don't know if Instagram will be around, but my blog, mattmcleod.org, like hopefully it, it would still be up or something. Or I'm going to have some type of remnants that they are going to be able to get an idea of who uh, I was and where that lineage came from. Because I would love to look into my grandparents' lives more and my parents' lives more and then and so on um, from there as well. One of the, uh, and I'm just kind of rambling here now, but one of the, so my I don't know if you knew this or not, but my house burned down whenever I, I was didn't in know sixth that, yeah. grade. Yes, yeah. okay. So my house burned down, everyone, in sixth grade, uh, completely down. And the the stuff I didn't care so much about um, because I was, I was super young. Um, but I think the biggest thing now that I do miss having is a lot of those home videos and um, like the, the photo albums and all, because those things you can't, get back whenever they burn up, right? Because those are the only copies. Um, so what, I, what I'm saying is like, I would love to go back and watch those home videos, even if just of me, because you don't remember whenever you're a kid necessarily, you may remember bits and pieces here and there, but going back and being able to to remember that part of your life and see that part of your life uh, is, is, is really powerful. And that's why I think today today's day and age is so cool is because we can, if you choose to document your life, um, and, and put your thoughts and ideas out there. You're going to have, uh, your, your kids, grandkids, etc., looking up to you or looking down to you. This is going to be up to you of the, of the content that you put out, but I feel like it's a good type of pressure that it puts on me. Um, existentially, whatever you want to say, like if from, from my grandkids that, uh, I, I might not even meet one day. Um, but it's, it's on me for them to look up and be like, Oh, my, my grandpa or great grandpa, Matt was, was a super cool guy, fun guy, uh, and did a lot of good for the world. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he made even the slightest impact and that inspires me to do something today. Yeah. And I think existential, structure in itself i think is a powerful thing within our lives and i think it's a way that to derive purpose um and i think that's a big part of of religion um i'm agnostic and i you know so i don't sway one way or the other but it's one of those things that i think for whatever it is religion is a good structure of how to have some purpose and live a good life and i know you you know being a fan of jordan peterson i understand at least that side of things. And I think whether, and so if you kind of read another intellectual's work, if you look at, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson, for example, he will talk about deriving purpose from being useful to those around you and giving purpose, having purpose with using your, like, for example, using your skill set. So 
he uses his ability to articulate science down to layman's terms yeah, as a public educator. service. He's an educator. He uses that, and that's a big part of his purpose. And then he he extends himself into or onto other parts of his his community and gives uh, gives himself to to them and and that purpose. And I think from that gives you purpose. And it, so I think existential structure in itself, whether it's religion or, or just looking for some sort of purpose around you. Um, and I, I talked about purpose bef- before on one of my solo episodes that was part of a three-part series. And I talked about more or less n- stop searching outwardly for your, for your purpose and search inwardly, you know, look in, look inward for your purpose. And it's something that you're going to have to create yourself. Um, it's the same thing with, with whether we're talking training or nutrition, nutrition specific. If you want balance, you're not going to find it. It's something you have to create. You have to find what balance and you have to create the balance that's going to work for you. It's a trial and error. And over the years, like we're just kind of to circle things back to what we've been talking about. You have to find, you start out very one-sided in terms of business or however you're trying to start something and you're using someone else's framework, which is very one-sided. And then as you move forward, you may at one point hit the other, other end of the spectrum of that continuum. And you may be so far from where you, the framework you started from that you've sort of lost what you're doing and it may not be productive. And then I think over time, you kind of land somewhere in the middle to where you're using other people's frameworks that you've that have been successful in the, in the past and you can derive the things that you want to derive from them. Mm-hmm. But then you're also finding a balance or creating a balance, I guess more, <laughs> I should stick to my story, creating a balance of what you are and who you are and what you want to have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's I dynamic. Think- it's dynamic too, right? Because you're, 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 your definition of balance, it's not going to be constant. It's not, like you said, it's not going to be one defining moment that one day just pops up and, all right, I've got, I've achieved balance. Um, and, and, you know, it's not like enlightenment or happiness uh, or whatever you want to call it. This isn't, there's not an end stage that you get to. It's a, it's a dynamic. Well, even those aren't end stages though, all right? Right? Like. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm okay. saying those are all the same. Like they're not, right. there's no end stages to those things. Um, there's not like a destination to get to and you're just, okay, I'm enlightened forever. I'm happy forever, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, et cetera. It's like, these are dynamic practices that you have to work at every single day to really figure out what, what your definition of, of balance and, and happiness uh, and et cetera. And you, you do have to... Um, you know what? I was just thinking, I was like, you have to work for it. But also the the two books that I've just read recently, one was Awareness by Anthony DeMello, which was really good. It was very interesting. Um, I couldn't get past the first. Does it get better? It's the it's, beginning's to, rough. I'll be honest his, with you. His, his, his writing style is a lot of, it's almost as if he is it's almost as if he's doing like talking with someone or like he, he's rambling on a podcast or something kind of, I feel like his writing style, it, it is I, kind of laid yeah. back. I'll give it another just, shot, but I, I couldn't get into it because I felt like it was being translated from a second. I felt like it was, a, it was in a third language and it had gone through two different language, tran- like translations. And we got oh, here. Okay. I see. You know what I mean? I like I feels I almost too choppy and simplistic for me to really like 
There, is this right. really what he meant? I understand. I understand. Yeah, there's not there's the flow of it is is different. But I think what it is is there's there's takeaways, there's lines and sentences and paragraphs that I was like, oh, that's really that's really cool. I'll give it a um, go. And what I what I was talking about, one of his 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 um uh, one of the sentences he talked about was how happiness can be uh, it's an illusion basically, and and how we always think that we need to add something to become happy. Once we do this, then we'll be happy. Once we get this money, once we get this relationship, once we get this career, then we'll be happy. And he was he was talking about how it's actually happiness is a, a I think he said happiness is a non-illusion. You don't have to add something, you have to drop something. Uh, and, and and that's that's kind of one of the premises of that. But the other book that I'm reading now that I sent to you already free, this one is I think you will really like this one because it is it, it's he's a um uh, he is a psychotherapist. I think he, like he does have years of experience, um, but he's also a really good writer. Um, so for everyone, yeah, it's called Already Free. I think it's uh, Buddhism meets psychotherapy on the path of liberation. I think it's what it's called. And it's like I'm, I'm not like I, I w- I'm not like a Buddhist or anything. I just uh, somebody Nate actually recommended this book to me. Um, uh, Nate Green, my business mentor, um, and told me to read it. And I was like, all right me and Nate are pretty similar. So I'm going to read this book. And so I started, I started reading it and he actually gives, it makes a lot of, he gives more of the, uh, uh, scientific evidence and, and the, he talks about the Western developmental view, um, of psychotherapy. And then he talks about the fruitional view and the fruitional view is like the Buddhist, um, sense of it. But he, he was just talking about how in Buddhism there it's, it's, it's just a sense of accepting reality for the way it is, whether it's good or bad. Uh, this is where it's just like, it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been very interesting how he has explained it um, in the sense that he talks about the developmental view of a, of a therapist, how we talk about our childhood and you go through all of your problems as a, ch- as a child and try and um, uh, uh, discover those limitations that are holding you back or are making your life uh, worse. Uh, and he, he, he talks about how it's, that is your, um, current, uh, current out of date way of taking care of yourself. Basically that's, that's, that's how he, uh, describes the developmental side. Um, but then, yeah, he gets into the, the Buddhist sense of it as well about how you, you are already free everything. Like it's, it's just a sense. And that's where I was thinking of the awareness book, how it's not, you don't have to add something to be happy or to be in a certain state. You have to drop something. Uh, that's where I think these two books align. And it's, it's been really helpful for me to, again, alleviate some of this pressure, um, for me thinking I need to do X, Y, and Z. I think I can be really hard on myself thinking that I need to be doing certain things, but then I forget, like, the goal is to to just enjoy, to me, to me, it's like, I just want to enjoy my day to day. Like, I, if I want to continue reading because I'm like, oh, I need to stop reading now because I need to get to work or something, or I need to do X, Y, and Z. And I don't, that's why in the retrospective I talk, it's like, I don't want to work. I don't want to hustle for the sake of hustling. Um, and obviously, I, not, I know everyone can't can't just like, okay, I'll just never work or whatever. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I'm trying to get to a place where I am I am okay with 
continuing on reading if I feel like reading, going going with that flow and not fighting against myself so much because I know I want to keep keep reading and keep doing something that I'm enjoying, but then I know that I'll also be able to take care of my responsibilities uh, later on in that day too. I don't know. This is this is me just completely rambling out loud here, but this is just this is what's been on my mind a lot lately, and it, it really helps me to take a step back. And I'm like, well, what's what am I trying? What's the end goal here with this life that I'm trying to create? Uh, what like I'm doing okay financially? Like I'm I I got food on my table. I can support myself, etc. I'm still a responsible person. So why am I beating myself up because I want to read for 20 mi- extra minutes or something? Or like I'm trying to. Or, or my girlfriend wants to go out to lunch, but I'm like, no, I really need to get up this Instagram post. I need to make sure that I get this out. I need to make sure that I, I've spent enough time working this day. Uh, um, yeah, I just, I'm trying to not box myself in um, and, and beat myself up so much because whenever I do that, I, I, I become stagnant in my creativity, um, in my happiness, and, and then it takes away from my relationships because I'm anxious about not getting enough business done. Uh, so it all just kind of comes into one. Does any of that make any sense at all? Absolutely, please, man. Please just, help me out here. For those listening, I'm just sitting here nodding, essentially. Um, <laughs> I look like a bobblehead on the other side. But I think, one, I, I'll pull out that I relate heavily to Buddhist philosophy. Like, just the concept of... I, I grew up with many people around me, like my dad's favorite saying growing up was what matters. Mm. He had a, he had a license plate on, on the front of his car when I was a child that just said what matters. And then I grew up with a lot of, it is what it is, man. Just that said to me over and over again, it is what it is, what matters. And that essentially progress more and more towards my views on most things. What matters? It is what it is. Um, and I, I think I relate heavily to the Buddhist the, the Buddhist philosophy of it just is. And the more you try to fight what is, the more friction you're going to create in your own life and the more unhappiness you're going to create within your current situation. And so are things the way that you want them to be? No, probably not. But they are what they are mm-hmm. okay that's okay i mean that's okay i think accepting that is is powerful and i think something i took from the book sapiens um from yuval harari i need to read all of it i need or i need to read it i i've read some of the notes on Derek Sivers' sites but i mm-hmm. need to actually read it front to back i'm I, I like evolutionary biology a lot so it was more of an interesting read for me i don't know if you're into evolutionary biology but yeah, i absolutely. am so it's very. It was very intriguing for me. I, I read that book in, I think, less than two weeks or so. And it's a pretty big mm. book. Yeah. Um, and so, for me, one thing I took from that book was the concept you've all kind of discussed towards the end. And it was talking about, when he was talking about religion and religion's place in human evolution and advancement, was more of the Buddhist philosophy of when things are going bad, not being too invested in how bad they're going, but just that this is the way it is now and it'll change. And having expectation that 
if we experience happiness, that that happiness should last forever or get better, which we know isn't true. Right. So it's this fine balance of having enough expectation to where you want what's good for you and you want to not be okay with what's not, but not so much expectation that you're kind of cornering yourself into an endless cycle of expecting what's never going to happen. And that's to always be happy is never going to happen unless you have like a mental illness or something like, unless you're special mm-hmm. needs or have a mental right. illness or you have no perspective on your life, then maybe, I don't know if that exists, but maybe it does, but that's not someone that's very, you know, all the way with it fully functioning. So to have the expectation that happiness is going to forever continue and always get better is to have poor expectations. And then to have the expectation that things that are going poorly are forever going to go poorly. They're wrong expectations. And it's just equally as wrong. Yeah. It's equally, it just is. And it just is what it is. And that's the way it is now. And that doesn't mean that's the way it's going to be tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. And obviously there's, there's, work you have to do on your end there's there's things you have to do from your from your perspective and changing things and fixing or righting wrongs that you've made or relationship problems or whatever it is but one one of my favorite things as well kind of along this not the same in terms of buddhist philosophy or thought but one thing in dr john berardi's newest book was he talked about the concept of we're really good or pretty good at recalling, looking back and recalling how much we've changed thus far. But when we turn it into a situation of trying to forecast into the future that things are going to keep changing and keep getting better, if effort stays the same, we can't imagine it. Mm. You know, we can imagine ourselves growing and and getting better and things progressing if we look back on it we're like yeah look how much we've changed like looking at myself from i'm looking now at like my retrospective because i had notes i wanted to say Mm -hmm. looking at all of the progression i've made from 2010 to to now is unreal like i have achieved things in these milestones and the sand in between right that i never thought i would ever do Mm -hmm. but i can see that clearly but when I start thinking about the future, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, you get an- you get anxious, you get anxious because you're like overwhelmed. You yeah. get overwhelmed and anxious that you're like, well, shit. I don't know if this is going to keep going. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get any better. Continue, Dude, continue exactly. To progress. That's. I feel like it, it's it's. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but I I feel like I understand where you're going. It's it's. I don't want to make myself suffer more than I need to. It's like the the Mark Manson choosing your pain. It's like I I, I understand that life is life is hard, and that we're gonna have to work hard to get where we need to be. It's why why we are where we are right now. I understand that we're gonna have to consistently level up, and that's what gives a lot of meaning to life as well is consistent challenges and progression over time. Um. But yeah, I don't want to make that process. Uh, I, I, I'm just trying to end the, the 
the constant war you're basically at with yourself in your own mind of just like, oh, I'm, I'm worried about this or, or I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what I should do next. Um, but I just, just like you said, that does help me. Um, I, I have like a toolbox of things that I reach into, uh, whenever these, these moments of overwhelm and anxiety come to me. Um, and I'm just like, look, I, I have, I have had these exact same thoughts in the past. And just like I have always gotten through them in the past, it's, it's likely that I'm going to get through them again this time. Uh, and, and I think by, by using that, uh, it really, it really does help me, uh, kind of combat those, those negative thoughts over time. And I also think the, um, the, the, the already free book and then just like meditation in general, there's, there's several, like I was talking about the war going on in my head. I think the more that I meditate and the more that I read about psychotherapy or our emotions and feelings and thoughts and consciousness or, or, uh, et cetera, I do take, it's, it's much quicker for me to snap out of those chains of negative thoughts. And I feel like that's the point of meditation. It's to become mindful whenever you are spiraling down into those negative thoughts and emotions of anxiety, overwhelm, uh, you, you're, you're able to cut yourself off more quickly. And I, I realize I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and then I can just, I think about that meditation or I think about the, the, the freedom and just taking a breath. And then I, I it just, it's it's almost like a small weight is lifted off my shoulder. And by reading those books and by practicing meditation, I'm able to do that more quickly and more frequently than I have in the past. In the past, it could be ongoing for, for quite some time, et cetera. But then I, I, I take a deep breath. I take a step back and what is, what is right? Like I'm exactly where I need to be. Um, I'm not in any immediate danger. There's nothing chasing after me. I have food upstairs right now. Like I'm good. Like I can go eat that food. I can drink water. I can take a shower. Like everything. Uh, I have family, friends. We're talking on a podcast right now. Like everything is perfectly fine. I don't need to worry about where I'm going to be at uh, next week, next month, next year, uh, et cetera. It's like because I can't, that doesn't change my current situation in any way, uh, uh, right now anyway. So why am I burdening myself with this mental warfare going on in my head whenever I just need to take a step back, realize, like take, take inventory of my current situation and be like, all right, so what's, what's the next step? Like, that's it. Like what, what's the very next thing that I need to do? I'm going to do that because nothing else matters anyway. Yeah. Essentially, I mean, and I'm, I'm what you call a, or what you would call a fair weather meditator. So I use it when I need it. And oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it, and it's, I don't know if like, obviously there's some cognitive benefits to the, the structure and ritual of meditation and spending time with it. But I also think I'm a little different than the average person to where I, I meditate on my own in a less structured way, multiple times per day. Mm. It's not rare for me just to sit and stare at something for a few minutes and not right. like really kind of just clear my head or just not focus on anything or worry about anything. It's, it's common for me to do that. 
or take a walk and listen to relaxing music and just look around or think about things. And that's still meditation and it's time away and it's time to think and reduce the input so you can increase the output of coming, talking through things through your, in your head. And I think, I think that's what meditation is for people. I think that's what prayer is for people a lot of time to where they're able to stop what's going on and just reflect and think and put out into the universe what they need and want from others or what they want for others. And so I think that's a powerful thing. And I think it can be extremely good. But again, I'm a fair weather meditator. I, I'm someone that, or at least a fair weather structured meditator. Um, and even journaling for me every day doesn't necessarily, I think you just have to take things pretty a la carte for what you need. And I think we kind of can get lost in what we feel like we, we're supposed to be doing. And that's you know kind of a big theme of the, the episode today if, is feeling like we just keep need this constant war we have with ourselves to, to keep doing things that we think we need to do. Mm-hmm. And there are things there's, you know, there's habits and things in structure that I think can really, really help your life, if, especially if it's extremely unstructured and you're extremely lost. And within my own life, reflecting back on the period of 2012, 2013, 2014, I needed structure. I needed it. And it, if without it, I, I would be in a very different place than I am now. And I needed those daily habits. I needed those daily things that were non-negotiables. But now I feel like I'm, I'm good enough to where I don't have to have those daily battles or wars. Like if I don't meditate or I don't journal, okay, how do I feel? Do I need it? Let's take 10 minutes. Do I not? Am I good? Okay, then cool. I'm good. It's more like a Swiss army knife of things that you need within that context mm-hmm. and moment. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought about, um, I was, I was reading, um, the book range. I think you'd really like the book range. I feel like I've heard of it. By you who? probably have. Um, shit. I forget the name. Let me, I'll look it up or you can look it up while I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. So it's called range. Um, but it's, it's a great read so far. I'm on chapter four, I believe. Um, but in that, he just talks about having a Swiss army knife of things. David Epstein. Yeah. Okay. He's a science writer. Um, he wrote sports gene, um, great writer. And it's just been a great book so far. And he talks about the, the opening chapter is all about Tiger Woods versus, uh, I think Roger Federer. I want to say, I think it's Roger. Yeah. Tiger versus Roger. I think it's the name of the chapter. And basically this misconception that everyone's story of success or to achieve success, we need to be Tiger. We need to be this highly specialized, highly focused person who has deliberate practice on one skill from a very, very young age. And then you have Roger Federer, who grew up with parents who didn't care much for it. And like his mom was a tennis teacher, but she wouldn't teach him tennis. She didn't want to do that. She, there was points where she she said, hey, you're getting a little bit too serious about this. Let's think about some other sports. Um, And he just had, he played an array of sports, an array of things. He kept his mind busy. He had different hobbies. And if one thing got a little bit too serious or you took it a little too competitively, they would have a talk with him and like, hey, 
but maybe it's getting a little bit too serious. Let's let's, let's rein it back a bit. Both world renowned athletes, both and just complete badasses, yeah, right? Top, like, top of the top, top elite of the, the top, elite. like the yeah. yeah, the elite man, and the top of the world in terms of that, not only athletic but financial success as well. And so it's like as as athletes, yes, I'll put that in context. But it's they're very different stories, and what David in the book is trying to articulate or, or display within those opening chapters is this misbelief of highly being highly specialized and why being a generalist can be advantageous for you in the world that we currently live in and where he shows and just he gives you or he provides the scientific literature to back up that it's actually better to be roger than it is to be tiger and he'll give he gives different stories whether it's you know, chess players. And he, he talks about these skills that we think that Tiger is the majority when in fact he's the, he's the outlier. Those, he's the minority in terms of how success really does finding a good path actually does work. Um, and so looking at Roger as more of the majority of the common of this is how you should go for it. Uh, and that there's a few certain skills. Like you look at golf, you look at chess and he kind of goes through chess as well, which is very interesting because he goes through chess and you obviously chess players have an incredible recall, like almost to, he talks about these, some of the best player, um, some of the best Chess players are labeled uh, savants. So they're some sort of mental disability, um, sometimes are, are highly, usually on the spectrum to some degree. Um, and if they aren't on the spectrum, the other 50% are something. Yeah, now, yeah, not yeah. all are savants, but most are. Mm -hmm. And so, but they have these incredible abilities for recall and understanding pattern recognition and but they're highly, they're highly focused, highly specialized. But what he was pointing out in chess was if you take things out of simulation of normal moves within chess, their memory goes to shit. Mm. So it's not that they're that great at remembering where each individual piece is. They're great at chunking information together and retrieving it later on. And so seeing, you know, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of different boards and moves throughout their life so far playing chess, they're great at recalling, I've seen this before. What exactly do I need to do? Right. And, but once that, once they change it at all out of a chess scenario, something they haven't seen before, they can't remember any of it. They remember like where it doesn't carry over. Were. It doesn't carry over, but the world, and this is where he's going with is where the generalist where the Roger over Tiger comes into play is the application of it actually being applicable to, to life and having carryover. So that was super interesting 
But that's a good book. I think you'd re- really like I'll it. I'll have to check that. I've never read The Sports Gene either. And I know everybody talks about The Sports Gene as well. I haven't read it either. I just know you wrote it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there, yeah, you're right. Like I, knew that, yeah. I knew that name sounded familiar um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely, I, I'm going to add that one, of course, to the list. Um, I think, and, and also something that I thought of whenever you were um, going through that, just on back to... Well, with with Tiger and Roger, because I in the stillness is the key by uh, Ryan Holiday. He also he talks, talks about, about Tiger Ti- Woods. Talks yeah. about Tiger and talks about the, uh, the 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 shitty parts of his life, basically. Um, what it takes. Ca- what's the sacrifice? What's the trade off? Yes, that's what I. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at here. Is with with Tiger. Yes, and I actually we talked about this. Um, yesterday, I think I talked about this with my girlfriend with Michael Jordan talking about how he was. How he he was the greatest basketball player ever, um, but then also we were talking talking about I was telling her about his Hall of Fame speech where his because his competitiveness and his uh, yeah his his desire to to dominate everyone yes that got him to the top of the world but also the type of person that he is and I feel like the overall happiness that he is is not admirable like his athletic abilities are because in his hall of fame speech he was just basically he was still disgruntled and mad at uh the people who doubted him in life mm-hmm. so it was one big speech. like what a terrible life to live i know that's what i'm <laughs> saying you're just you're just still trying to prove yourself to these people as michael jordan like you're you're like i they get it like they're fine they've moved on uh and it's just you. You just have to. That's what I, the the sacrifice of happiness is super important, especially um, whenever it comes to business and things like this. Like I don't want to sacrifice. I would rather sacrifice making more money to to be happier on a daily basis, to to enjoy doing what I'm doing, to have more freedom, to have more flexibility, as opposed to working with a huge team of people, um, having multiple meetings, multiple calls, uh, every week. Uh, but then I make 50 to a hundred thousand dollars more, uh, or even more, even $500,000 more. It's like, that's not, at least to me right now, I'm not gonna, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into something in the future. Cause who knows, maybe that is something that I would be interested in later on down the road. But for now I can confidently say that like, I'm, I'm happy with this is what I talked about in the retrospective. I, I don't care as much about not being the best. And that took me a while to admit to myself because I felt like I was weak or that I wasn't trying my hardest. You know, I wasn't an alpha, like I wasn't doing the work because I admitted to myself that I wasn't the best. I was like, but then whenever I did that, it it did alleviate some of that pressure that I put on my, and, and I think uh, Ryan Doris was the first person I ever heard say this. Cause he was talking about Gary V Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about, he was like, I'd rather, I'd rather be making 40 grand a year and super happy. And like on six softball teams and hanging out with my family at dinner every night, than the millionaire who's crying in his Ferrari at nighttime. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think that that is, that's super powerful. But, but Ryan was one of the ones he was like, dude, I don't, I don't care about being a millionaire. Like I don't care. And whenever I think it's whenever I heard one of my uh, idols, quote unquote, um, role models that I look up to Ryan say that, then I was like, it gave me permission to be like, dude, it's cool. Like you can 
relax a little bit. You know what I'm saying? To, to like enjoy enjoy your life, like take your foot off the gas a little bit. There's going to be periods in life where you do need to put your foot on the gas and and go to that extreme. But I don't think it's that's not a way to continuously live life forever, or else you're just you're you're placing tons of of uh, uh, unneeded expectations and, and pressures on yourself that are ultimately going to blow up in your face. Yeah. And I can relate to that from years 2013 to 2016. I was full-time student. As I, as I said, I was competing full-time. I was working a part-time job while also trying to build start and build physique development, the coaching business. A lot going on. Um, and there was, a, there was a kind of fire and hustle that had to be there. And it was a non-negotiable for me at the time. It was what I was. It was everything. It was my identity. It was who I, who I was and who I wanted to become. And then 2017 hit when I graduated, moved to Australia, got married, did all that stuff. And I no longer needed that to, to have success, which is weird because I'd always, I'm a big associator. So I associate th things and situations with certain other things and other situations. Um, and so I associated that hustle and fire with the, the success. And so if I didn't have this hustle and fire, how would I have the success? That doesn't make sense. I was very narrow-minded and that was the only way like, you know, and, and that's the part of growing up and living life and experiencing life and loss and love and all of these different things is like, you realize there's different ways to consider things and different perspectives to have. And one thing I've learned over the last couple of years is, or I'm trying to get better at it is leaning into the season I'm in. So right now, or I've been in a season where I, I been leaning a bit more into my introversion. I have been leaning a bit more into, which is why, you know, I, you know, I probably didn't even notice that it was your birthday or David's <laughs> right, birthday. Right, right. And it's not like not even single that out, but I, when I go into these kind of remission periods, I'd say, I don't notice things that I otherwise would have because I'm just pull, really pulled back essentially. But where I used to get that wrong, I'm still working on getting it you know, better and better, but if there even is a better and better, but one thing that I've struggled with in the past is when I have these moments where I want to, I feel, I'm not feeling that fire or I don't want to, I more or less I'm tapping the gas pedal. Like I'm in standstill traffic and I'm kind of moving. We're still, we're still moving forward, you know, but you're not pedal to the metal. Right. Right. And I, I think I confused those moments with needing to find a way out so I could go pedal to the metal again. Mm. Like I didn't fully invest or allow that to happen. And so I was getting confused during these times where I needed, my body and mind were telling me, pull back, chill, think about what you're doing. Because this, and that could have been the reason some different things happened. Like, or maybe I look glazed over things and, I basically, during a time where I needed to be thinking and pulling back, I would have realized something that I should have realized, but instead I was trying to find my way out of traffic 
find an exit ramp so I could hit, punch, the, you know, punch the the gas pedal again. And so, one thing I've learned is just really try and lean into those moments. And it's the same as you look at deloads and training or something. Like you can only really productively do one thing and progress something for so long and then there's a threshold you need to back off you need to have these moments where you're deloading within your life within your business within your training within everything right if you look at nutrition that's a diet break right Mm -hmm. so it's and it is the right move it feels like the wrong move because we've associated more effort and hard work and, and pedal to the metal as oh that's what we that's what we should be doing that's how we make progress that's how we got to where we are but you doesn't also mean have you, to, that's where you, how you stay there, right? 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 Or, or how, how you, you get, progress to something else, yeah? Or how you get to somewhere else? I think there is a book on this. Actually, it's like what you what got you here won't get you there. Maybe uh, or or so, there's there's something there's something like that. Um, but yeah, I I really I really like that um, the in traffic and then you're trying to get off uh, the exit to to because you're a, frantic during that time, right? Like right. if you're trying to let's say you're in the farthest lane from the exit mm-hmm. and you're inching inching and let's say you're in a big city and everyone's a dick no one's letting you over you're frantic you're panicked you're anxious you're going to mix your exit and the next exit isn't for miles right and now you're just stuck in this traffic and you feel lost and you feel down and all these different things and i just i feel like i've been trapped there so many times and i think over the past this past year I, i think i just allowed myself you know what this is what it is you gotta and exa- that's exactly right. you gotta turn on a podcast in the car dude you just gotta chill you gotta chill. You, it's just, you gotta you gotta listen you're already free that's what it is like you're you're right. you're exactly where you need to be um yeah yeah man i i like that i like that um analogy a lot and uh i feel like i feel like that's a good button on on this on on this podcast right now because i know what's gonna happen we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna turn this podcast we're gonna turn we're gonna we're gonna keep we would keep going absolutely <laughs> But also what's going to happen is I'm going to turn this podcast off and then we're probably going to talk again for another probably 30 minutes. Um, so without a doubt. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, with, with that, uh, all being said, yeah, this is, this is, this is how I want to kick off a Friday. This is, and I know it's, it's yeah, 10, it's, 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 it's like 11 AM or something for you. Um, and it's going on one for me. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, this is, this stuff gets me excited and I'm so happy that to bring it full, full circle, I'm thankful that young David reached out to me, encouraged me to um, uh, keep doing this podcast, allow me to keep doing this podcast uh, in a more professional manner, and then um, potentially uh, caused you to to start your podcast. It did. Um, I give right. you all. I give you and David all credit. Like, <laughs> right. I would not have the podcast if, at least when I started it, and it wouldn't. I wouldn't have felt is it, it wouldn't be what it is now. Right. Without you first and then David, like without you two, this wouldn't have happened. Sure. Sure. And I think it, it's cool. I, I hope that, hope that people do enjoy it. Um, and I think that we will have many, many more of these conversations. Um, so with that being said, do you want to plug your, your podcast and things? Yeah, man, let's plug both because we're both going to use this episode, right? So, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's both plug. I'll go first, then you can go. Um, or David can just cut out the, the shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, my podcast is called Life Beyond Fitness, and it's a lot like Matt's 
you know, so it's a lot like the, the podcast you're listening to right now, if you're on Matt's podcast. And I just take or have guests on that I press record and they often wonder 10 minutes in if we're recording. <laughs> and I say, yeah, we're recording. Been recording the yeah. whole time. Um, so it's just a conversation. It, it's kind of a coffee coffee shop approach to that awkward hello to can I buy you a coffee to what do we talk about when we're standing in line to the point of sitting down and actually starting the the real conversation. Mm-hmm. So there's, you kind of got to make it through usually, unless it's like Matt and I, we really don't, we're pretty good about just hitting it off and going. Oh, yeah. from the, well, clearly we did right, yeah. from, right from the jump. Um, which is why I enjoy podcasting with you so much. Like, I don't care, like out of the 30 episodes, you're like four now, right? So right, it's, right. I'm yeah, fine yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm uh, fine with yeah. that. And but yeah, that's kind of what it's all about. It's it's kind of cutting through that, the nonsense and the noise of what's going on and what we're arguing about within fitness right now mm-hmm. and just having real conversations with these people. So it's brought out the it's brought out some of the best moments in me over la- the last year or so. And I'm really excited for it to continue. So that's my podcast. That's all that really I want you guys to go check out if you do. So Life Beyond Fitness. Yes, Life Beyond Fitness. Um yeah. And so, yeah, thank you for the kind words. Uh, and yeah, our podcasts are, are, are similar. Mine is the more than fitness podcast. And, um, yeah, it's just, I think you, you nailed it. It's literally just genuine conversations with, um, like-minded and, and like-hearted people. I think mostly like-hearted. I talked about this with, with Kaylin and, uh, Carter Good whenever I had them on, um, because you don't want to always just talk to like-minded people because then you can get caught up in groupthink and um, just there's no other differing opinions uh, and everyone just thinks the exact same. So what I like instead is, is and I got this from somewhere else, um, I got it's to surround yourself with like-hearted individuals. So you you genuine, kind, compassionate uh, um, people who if you do have disagreements or something, you can have civil discourse Um and, and that doesn't happen often, but I do as this pod, as my podcast will continue on, I'm going to reach out to different people and I'm sure there'll be times that I, I disagree with someone, um, uh, or whatever. But in the end, I just want to make sure that the listeners have a better understanding of who this person really is, what their truth is, what they stand for, what their story is, how they got to where they were, uh, how they, where they are today, um, by the time that they finish listening to the podcast. And I want to, uh, it's why I wear the, the Hawaiian shirt that I have on right now. Uh, it's, it's why I embrace the silly gooseness is because with these conversations, I want to make the person I'm talking to as comfortable as possible, as quickly as possible, because then we can cut through all the bullshit, um, more, more quickly, because oftentimes people don't, they're not the person who they truly are because they're trying to impress me or impress the audience or put up a front, uh, or they don't want to embarrass themselves. So I'm like, Hey, I'll embarrass myself first. Like, look at me, look what I'm wearing. And this, I want this to be your gateway into your truth. Like anything you say, like, I want you to be comfortable saying anything. Um, and that's what I, I try and, and, and get from my podcast. Sometimes they are very lighthearted and silly. Um, and we talk, of, I've, I've had podcasts on literally just like MMA and puppies before uh, with, with one guest. And it's like, that's, 
and then also we've had these deep conversations uh, with you and I with with religion and consciousness and meaning and purpose and um, whatever you can think of. And I I like I like all of those different conversations just as long as it's genuine. And I enjoy talking to that person. That person enjoys talking to me. And the people listening uh, can at least take one thing away from it as well. Um, so yeah, it's good for me. It's good for the listeners. It's good for the person that I'm talking to. Um, and then hopefully it can, it can make a small impact, uh, on the world to make That's it. That's what we hope, place. man. And I, I That's think, it. and I know you've gotten some good, good feedback and I, I have too, and I've gotten more than I thought I would, to be honest with you. So I'm really grateful for that. And I think out of all the guests I've had, I think most of them, if not all, I can't speak for all because not all have said it, but most of them like blatantly said, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. That was fun. Like this was so much better than a normal podcast. <laughs> right. And that to me was like, oh, that's, that's amazing. I don't care if anyone else says anything like this was cool. You're someone I look up to. Your word means a lot to me. And so I'm just so glad that you felt, you felt comfortable. You didn't feel like I took any of your time. Um, and this was just a great conversation. And I think that's, you know, why I don't, one, I know you don't do this either, but I don't really make people introduce themselves or go through a bio or anything. Like I leave that for myself. I'll write that up. I'll do my own research. I'll give you a one, you know, 45 second, one minute intro that I can give to people to give them some context. But as you and I both do, like as soon as we both enter the room, the the chat room, like we hit record and it's like my my interview with uh with Dr. Jordan Shallow, like that's the first time we'd ever spoken. But like it, it was so organic. It was such yes. a good conversation. Yeah. And I, I think I started out making fun of him that he, there's no way he could be good at golf or something. Like <laughs> right, it's just right. like because he was at a gym and like someone was hitting golf balls and he, and I was like, well, shit, that ain't your sport, is it? <laughs> like, and so yeah. it's just busting, you know, busting on him to begin with. But that opened up for such, because we started the conversation both laughing. And then that opened up the doors for the next hour and 20 minutes of just raw, good conversation. So Yeah, yeah. And people like that. People like being, I, I, at least I think so. I like people, it. So fuck most, everyone else who doesn't right, like it. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just so everyone knows, we do this for us. It's not for you. Uh, uh, you guys just get the side, the byproduct. You guys are the byproduct, well. <laughs> whatever this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to have this conversation regardless uh, at right. some point. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I think I think what you said, you, you nailed it with, I just want to make sure that the other person did genuinely enjoy it. And I don't want to come in with, uh, I'll definitely, I'll definitely ask questions and things like that. But yeah, no, it's not like, okay, like, so, uh, um, yeah, what's your background? Like give your bio. Um, and then you move on to like, oh, well, what do you think about carbohydrates when, uh, you know, you know, it's just like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to grill that person with question after question interview style, um, because it's just, it doesn't feel as natural. And I've even realized with audiobooks for me. I don't do well with audiobooks because I know that it's it just it, it well obviously it is scripted but it's just like it's in, in the my, definition it, of scripts yeah. yes exactly but it's just like I I tune out because it doesn't have enough of that natural rhythm and dynamic of a conversation like this so I know that if I tried to do an interview style podcast like that it would be worse 
than this podcast. Um, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to do that. And so, yeah, like you said, uh, little subtle flex here, I guess, but whenever I had Brett Contreras on and at the end of that podcast, I knew that he, he, he did tell me, he was like, that was really fun. He was like, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. And he went on for like an hour and 20 minutes and I was, but he was just going on and on and I wasn't going to be like, oh yeah, sorry, Brett, we've reached an hour. We got to cut it right there. Like yeah. that's not going to happen. This is all um, I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Sorry, David. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, um, but yeah, no, it's just like him saying like, and I could tell the genuine enjoyment on his face whenever he said like, oh, that was fun. Like it flew by. Like that is, because then I know if he's enjoying it and, there's, and I'm enjoying it, there's a good likelihood the listener's probably enjoying it as well. Um, yeah. And that's what we're trying to do here. One of the coolest part, I'll, I'll end with like I'll end with this at least. But one of the coolest part, one of the coolest reviews that I've ever gotten, and it's not written down anywhere. It was just a, it was over a phone conversation hmm. of um, a friend I went to school with and ended up becoming a client of mine. He said that the podcast. He'd never been a podcast person ever, and he just saw that I I had one. And he wanted to give it a listen because he knows people are crazy about podcasts. And he, he's like, maybe I'll try it out. Maybe it'll be good. Mm-hmm. And he said mine was the catalyst for him to getting into podcasts because he enjoyed it so much. And he felt like, and this, the chunk of this, what I'm about to say is the most important part of this. He felt like for the first time in a long, a while, he was a part of a conversation that was more than people complaining or people down in the dumps about what they don't have or being a victim of something else. And cause he works, uh, he works with people that that's all their conversation is or yeah. live for the weekend and don't give a shit about their job. They hate it's their very life. Shallow conversation. Yeah. And he's like, this is, this is the first time in such a long time that I've, I felt like a fly on, I felt like I was sitting right there in the room with you guys, but I wasn't able to, necessarily contribute but like i was in my car and i was like agreeing i was just like man fuck yeah i agree with you and it's just like he was just like i'm talking out loud to the radio but it's like it felt like for the first time that i was a fly on the wall in a meaningful depth depth of a conversation and for me that was like fuck yeah, dude man, that's, that's amazing that's great that's, yeah, yeah i was like i did not expect that to happen right. so yeah that's the point that's that's absolutely the point right there and i've had people that um come to my DMs and say, hey, I found you through Austin. And I know that that's why it works with with us so well, because if if you like me, you're probably going to like you. And if you like you, you're probably going to like me. Um, so it, it just it, you're the, it works. You're the most, um, if you scroll down to podcast most related to. Oh, really? We're, I, I'm, you're the first Actually, one. I think I've noticed that before too. You're the first one on mine that's related or recommended from my podcast. Well, there we go. There, there we go. go. It's destiny. Destiny. It's destiny. All right. Uh, and we're going to make out later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go um, give us a review on iTunes. It helps. Um, oh, yeah. I need to do on that. Apple. I need to do uh, that more. Yeah. I know. So for you that are still listening to us right now, you're <laughs> yeah. loyals and you're amazing. Yeah, yeah. And five-star reviews and just leaving us a blip um, on Apple Podcasts, if you guys listen through Apple Podcasts, it really does help. It goes such a long way for us and it allows other people to discover the podcast and it allows us to come come up on those recommended lists based off you know other people's podcasts if if they're on that so right so it goes a long way so thank you to everyone who's done it up to this point but thank you and 
hopefully you guys can take one minute out of your of your day here and just leave us something because yeah i derive so much happy like fulfillment i would say not yeah. happiness but so much fulfillment from reading those those reviews and and yeah, that, yeah. oh absolutely I, I and i do too and like you said it is for um it helps out everyone because it helps out helps out us yeah uh, yeah because yeah for our own ego and then also um just knowing that what we are doing matters to other people it is helping other people but also in the sense that more people can discover it and then it's like the thing with the in this last thing <laughs> with with like jre and the like the joe rogan podcast that's why the 10 year in review was very cool for me because i was a hardcore fan so all the little inside jokes that they put throughout that 10 year review like i really really enjoyed it not some average person who doesn't know anything about jre would watch that and they wouldn't get those references made throughout the entire review um because it's like a two and a half hour review and like i know exactly why young Jamie put those parts in there in the way that he did because I am a true fan of that. And so like, I want that type of community with my podcast and with your podcast because other the other comedians that he has surrounding him, they have their own little cults and things like that and their own little followings and inside jokes. Like I want that type of community um, except in the fitness space with, with guys like you and I and with people listening, um, with like Cody McBroom, um, and, and all those, like guys like us, like I want, I want to have that type of community where we can build off each other. It's good for us. And then it's also good for the, for the listeners as well. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, I'm going to cut us yeah. off. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Thank you guys. We will, uh, catch you next time.